The following is a presentation of the All Andy Alford Network, powered by Anchor. You are listening to Andy tonight on the plethora of platforms on the Anchor Network, whether it be on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Bleaker. However you listen, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you so much for tuning into the program tonight. You can always be a part of our show by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyElford. It is at AllAndyElford and Facebook.com slash AllAndyElford. We have waited long enough. After a cold winter, the boys of summer are back. And AllAndyElford has got you covered. We have a special edition of AllAndyElford. The MLB Preview Edition, as Andy Alfred, Nick Devera, Logan Carr, and Lucas Sigerson sit down in a roundtable discussion for the 2022 season. We will dive into the schedules, look ahead to see who is contenders and who are pretenders. Follow the show on Twitter. It is at all Andy Alfred. At all Andy Alfred. So join us. For the MLB 2022 Special Edition, Andy Alfred. Did you miss me? I guess not. We're back and on the air tonight, right here on All Andy Alfred. A lot to get into. How's your bracket looking? Mine was absolutely thrown away, blown up, discarded. On St. Patrick's Day, while the Jackets find a way to just squander extra points, to not get extra points on the road, while the Walleye have an X next to their name as they are headed to the Kelly Cup playoffs. Oh, the Rockets, the women Rockets. Fall tonight to Middle Tennessee and coach Sonny Wickler. And the Middle Tennessee State Blue Raiders. While baseball is around the corner, you heard the preview. We're going to have a roundtable discussion. I can't wait. And Deshaun Watson is with the Browns. You'll hear my take tonight. And so much more. This whole controversy between Will Smith and Chris Rock, the memes have been absolutely hilarious. This show won't be hilarious tonight, because it starts right now on All Andy Alfred. Guess who's back? All Andy Alfred. And a shot at a goal. 54 runs in the span of the million. Shut out. Dumbino. Hip to a home run. Go home, Jack. That's way back. Bear down, Chicago Bears. Choo-choo, it's time for all Andy Alfred. And with that, I say, I love you guys. And welcome in to another edition of all Andy Alfred. Right here on your exclusive home for me. That is with the Anchor Network. And you are listening to me tonight on the plethora of platforms. With that Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes and Apple Music, whether it be Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Bleaker, Pocket Cast, 
However you are listening, wherever and however, and wherever, whenever and however you're listening, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Thank you for giving me your time to listen to what is happening in the sports world as well as what's happening in my life. You can always be a part of this show. You can always be a part of our show by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyAlfred. It is at AllAndyAlfred. As well as on Facebook.com slash AllAndyAlfred. And welcoming you in on this, the 28th day of March, 2022. We are seven days now away from Toledo Mudhead opening day. The Mudhens return to Fifth Third Field to defend the AAA West Championship, the IL West Championship. We'll get to that here in a second. But of course, we are 10 days away from opening day in Major League Baseball. You heard the promo. We're getting some housekeeping out of the way, by the way. You heard the promo. Yes, it is finally happening. We are having a roundtable discussion on the 2022 season. We are in planning of taping that this upcoming week. We will have that posted for you guys by before Mudhead opening day. Uh, It is going to be yours truly, my old broadcast partner and MLB blog writer, Mr. Nick Devera or Nick the Money Man DeVera, my old broadcast partner. Also, baseball contributor Robert Logan Carr will be joining me on the program, as well as a good friend of ours, another MLB consultant, Lucas Sigerson, will be joining us. And all four of us are going to sit around, discuss this 2022 season, what we look forward to, to see who's pretenders and who are, who's pretenders and who are contenders for this upcoming season. Also, we'll dive into some of the local teams. Of course, the Tigers, the Guardians, the Reds. We'll dive into some of the big market teams like the Phillies as well as the Mets, the Yankees, and the Red Sox, and as well as both Chicago teams, the White Sox, and the Cubs. We'll also give our predictions on who is going to lift the Commissioner's Trophy, who we see making the playoffs with the new format with the three division winners in each in each leagues as well as the three wildcard teams also it's going to be for of course yours truly and nick will be giving our over unders as well so there is the housekeeping for you guys going forward like i said we're planning to tape it this week with spring training still underway uh minor leagues or minor league camps are going to break as soon as Sunday, so that the teams can get into towns on Monday to Tuesday for opening days. And like I mentioned before, also you'll hear it later on in the show, we will have a special edition of All Andy Alfred on April 5th, as our Toledo Mudhens return back to 5th, 3rd field for the start of the 2022 International League baseball season. They will open up with five straight games against the Rochester Red Wings. First pitch will be a doozy of a first pitch at 5 o'clock. Now, it will be a 5 o'clock first pitch. Uh, After the game, we will have a special edition, a special live Facebook Live edition. It will be taped on the Anchor Network edition of All Andy Alfred. 
It will be a special taped edition of All Andy Elford on the Anchor Network. It will be a live version of on Facebook Live. We will have a special edition of All Andy Elford post-game of the opener for the Mud Hens. So that day, we won't have the Jackets report. We will not have a walleye report. It will be focusing on baseball because baseball will begin in a span of a week. Now we have all that. That's all that's going to be covered for you right there. It'll be yours truly covering the opening day festivities as long with the wife. The wife will be in attendance. Amanda's going to be there for opening day. It's another, it's another opening day for us. We look forward to this every year. Um, I know she doesn't like the cold. I don't like the cold either, but opening day, it looks like it's going to be in the near 60 degrees. They're saying near 60, but we'll see it when we believe it. So there is that for you. Also, got to make mention of this as well, too. We want to apologize for last week. Last week, we did not have a show. Uh, I decided to take a, a week off just to recharge myself. After being very, very upset about March Madness. And we'll get into that here in just a second. But I wanted to make mention of this. I want to congratulate my wife. I want to congratulate Amanda. She is right now the clubhouse leader in the bracket challenge. That is going on right now as we speak. If we look at the bracket challenge right now, housekeeping wise... The top team, the top player right now is Brian Keaton, or BK2. It's puck in the dupe. He has 550 points, but he can max out at 550. The wife, Amanda, is at 510. She maxes out at 990. So right now it's me and her tie for second, and then RLC. Uh, is t in fourth with 490, and then my second bracket is in last spot. So right now it looks like it's between Brian and Amanda for the top spot, but Amanda has more points. She can max out at 990. Brian can max out at 550. We'll see how it all shakes out going forward. And we'll dive more into the brackets here in just a second. So let's go over what we're going to talk about tonight on All Andy Alford, of course, where we'll dive into... Uh, the PGA, as well as the LPGA's big events going forward. Also, NASCAR's big big race last this past weekend. Also, we're going to dive into a little bit of wrestling. Yes, it is WrestleMania week. You'll hear my predictions on the card going forward. Also, tonight, we're going to hear about... I know I don't want to talk about it. I want to don't talk about the NFL. I made a huge rant about it two weeks ago. That We're not going to talk about the NFL, but we have to talk about the NFL after the big moves that took place this past week with regarding of Cleveland as well as that. That's going to be another discussion as well on the Andy Rants page. Also, with baseball in mind, we'll take a look around spring training and see what's happening with both the Tigers, the Guardians, as well as the Reds. And uh, we have a lot also to get into on the ice front as the walleye have clinched a playoff spot, we'll hear the latest in their in their walleye report, as well as the ECHL roundup, as well as the Jackets report. The Jackets huge losses this past week. We'll dive into that, as well as losses in the in the player realm. We'll get into that and so much more. Glad to be with you here tonight on this the 28th day of March. 2022 so now let's get right into it let's talk about what we have seen over the past two weeks 
And that is what's been happening on the hard court with March Madness. So let's dive into March Madness really quickly and let's recap the tournament. We'll start first and foremost for when we last left you on the start of the tournament, which was back on St. Patrick's Day, the 17th of March. Full slate of games, Michigan beating Colorado State, Providence beating South Dakota, Memphis a 9 seed beating 8 seed uh, Boise State, number one ranked Baylor getting number one seed Baylor getting a win over Norfolk State, Tennessee beating Longwood, Richmond was the upset over Iowa, Gonzaga beating Georgia State, North Carolina beating Marquette, New Mexico State another upset, a 12 seed beating the fifth seed UConn, but the big one of course was St. Peter's, the Peacocks in overtime beating John Calipari. And the Kentucky Wildcats by a score of 85-79, to knocking out most of the country's bracket, knocking it out totally out. Also, St. Mary's beating Indiana, as well as Creighton getting a big win over San Diego State. Arkansas a winner over Vermont. Akron falling to UCLA only by four. Murray State a winner over San Francisco. And Kansas a big winner over Texas Southern. On the Friday slate, saw Ohio State beating Sister Jean of Loyola of Chicago, Auburn beating Jacksonville State, Tennis, Texas Tech beating Montana State, Purdue beating Yale, Villanova over Delaware, Miami beating USC. The upset, a bigger upset, was Notre Dame coming off of the off of the first four, getting the win in the first four, then beating. Six-seed Alabama, that was a big win for them. Texas beating Virginia Tech. Illinois squeaking out a win over Chattanooga. And then Duke beating Cal State Fullerton. Arizona beating Wright State. Iowa State beating LSU. And Davidson falling to Michigan State by one in the game. One in the game. Houston beating UAB. TCU beating Seton Hall and Wisconsin beating Colgate. And that was from the round of 64. We went down to the round of 32. North Carolina beats Baylor, knocking out a number one seed, while Kansas getting Creighton in a big win. Michigan beating Tennessee. Providence beating the Richmond Spiders. UCLA a huge win over St. Mary's. St. Peter's continuing their Cinderella story with a big win over Murray State, New Mexico State falls to the to the Razorbacks of Arkansas and Gonzaga continuing their run beating Memphis in the round of 32 to get to the Sweet 16. And other Sweet 16 tickets that were punched, Houston beating Illinois, Villanova's beating Ohio State, Coach K continues his run to the Sweet 16 with an 85-76 win over Michigan State. Iowa State, a 54-49 win over Wisconsin. Notre Dame's streak ends as they lost to Texas Tech. Jim Laranega upsets second-ranked Auburn, screwing a lot of brackets up there with a big 79-61 win. And Purdue, a big 81-71 win over Texas. Arizona, a number one seed in the South region, gets a win in overtime over Arizona. And that got us to... What this past week was. The Sweet 16. Going to the Elite 8. Arkansas. Dethrones Gonzaga. Gonzaga is out of the tournament. 
as they lost 74-68. Villanova beats Jawan Howard and the Michigan Wolverines by a score of 63-55. Coach K continues his run into the championship with a big 78-73 win over Texas Tech. And another number one seat goes down as Arizona falls to Houston 72-60 to get to their Elite Eight ticket punch. In the second half of the bracket on Friday of the Sweet 16, the Peacocks of St. Peter's continued their Cinderella story with a 67-64 win over third seed Purdue. Kansas, the only number one seed left, wins 66-61 over Providence. North Carolina, 73-66 win over UCLA. And Jim Laranega and the Hurricanes continue their run with a 70-56 win over Iowa State, which then gets us to Saturday, which was the Elite Eight, as it was Houston battling second seed Villanova, and Villanova a big 50-44 win over Houston, punching their ticket to the Final Four. On the other side of the games on Saturday, it was fourth-seeded Arkansas battling second-seeded Duke, and Coach K continues his run and his final season with the Duke Blue Devils with a big 78-69 win over the Arkansas Razorbacks, punching Duke's ticket into the Final Four. So Kansas, the next day, the only number one seed left, battled Jim Laranega and the Miami Hurricanes in beautiful Chicago, Illinois, at the United Center. It was a close game through the first half, and then Miami just folded like a cheap card table as the Kansas Jayhawks punched their ticket to the, to the Final Four with a 76-50 win over the Miami Hurricanes. And Cinderella is no more. The clock hit midnight for the St. Peter's Peacocks as the 15th seed St. Peter Peacocks fall to the Tar Heels of North Carolina by a score of 69-49. And now that gets us to this upcoming Saturday, the 2nd of April. As the Final Four has been set, it will be taking place in beautiful in beautiful New Orleans, in the former Superdome, now called the Caesars Superdome, as it will be second seed Villanova with a record of 30-7, and seven, will battle the number one seeded and the only number one seed left, Kansas Jayhawks, who are 32-6. and six. This is pretty much an even matchup all the way in this game. If I had to pick, Kansas is a four and a half point favorite in this game. Tips at 6.09 on Saturday. I am going to take the Jayhawks in that game. And then the big one. This is the big one. This is what everybody is talking about. As eight-seeded North Carolina will battle Coach K. And the second-seeded Duke Blue Devils, 849 tip-off. That all games are on TBS. 
So put, put, plan your programming that way. TBS will have the final four games. They also have the national championship, which will be Monday night at 8.30. As eight-seeded North Carolina, who are 28-9 and nine overall, will battle the second-seeded Duke Blue Devils, who are 32-6 and six overall. Duke a four-point favorite in this game. I agree with them. I think Duke wins. I think Duke gets to the to the championship game. Do they battle Kansas? I think so. Uh, I think Coach K goes out with a championship. I really do. I'm feeling it now more than ever. I think the Cinderella story for him to win it all after the way it ended for him. I think it's just. I think it just sets up for that. And so I have Duke probably winning this national championship. I really, really do. Really, really do. So Duke, I have Duke winning the national championship. It was one of my other brackets, but I didn't, I didn't fill it into this, into the show blog. But you know, I always keep a Michigan State blog uh, bracket as well as a Duke bracket. So there's, there's my little tip of the hand there. So uh, getting towards the end of the college football, college basketball season, college football coming around the corner, of course, but. Also got to make mention of this to do tonight as we're doing this podcast as this game has just ended at Savage Arena as the WNIT is taking place. The University of Toledo Rocket women's team making a deep run. They're in the Elite Eight over Middle Tennessee, playing Middle Tennessee tonight over at Savage Arena. And unfortunately, the ride comes to an end for the midnight blue and gold as the University of Toledo Rockets fall in overtime to the Middle Tennessee State Blue Raiders in overtime 73-71. Got a chance to watch the end of the game. And it's just, the Rockets can never get the job done when it comes to winning big games. You know, they, they choked in the Bahamas Bowl. They have choked in every bowl game that they've got. This is this is an opportunity that they had to get into the NCAA tournament and, and shock the world. Because Toledo was only had you know, six losses on the season altogether and to, and to have a perfect, almost a perfect record in Mac play and not get into the tournament. And, you know, they were going to shake things up, but it never really shook up for them. They lost tonight 73-71 as McConowitz had 17 points. She was 5 for 11 for field goal range, 3 for 5 for three throw strikes. She had a big opportunity to put the game away in overtime. She had a foul called. It was a three. She was took the shot from three point land. She was fouled. It was three foul shots. She was one for three on the foul shot. You cannot have that happen, especially clutch games. In this case, it was a bad game for him. Bad game for her. As Bolievic for Middle Tennessee had twenty eight points. She was thirteen for twenty for field goal range. She was one for two at the three throw stripe. So the the Mac is done. The Middle Tennessee will play either Columbia or, uh, or let's see, or somebody. I, for, I for, it was Columbia or I think uh, I forget the other school off the top of my head, but yeah, uh, Mac basketball is totally done, and so we now look to the nat to the national championship. I have Duke beating Kansas for the national championship. So. Like I said, congratulations are going to probably be in order. If Kansas does win the national championship, it looks like Amanda or A. Gilliam, 60, or Amanda, my wife, 
It's going to win a free dinner on me, of course, and that was the challenge out there. Brian's probably going to finish in second. He is already maxed out at 550. Uh, we'll see how it all shakes out. We'll see how it all shakes out. We'll have it. We'll have it on the next edition of All Andy Alfred, regular edition of All Andy Alfred, because of course, like I mentioned before in the housekeeping notes, we will next edition of the program will be the roundtable discussion, and then we'll have opening day for the Mud Hens. So we will have the recap of the national championship next week. Uh, looking at a calendar of next week, we might be doing a show maybe Thursday the seventh, right before. Uh, no, not Thursday the 7th. Uh, it will probably be either the 6th of April, the day after opening day, or it could be, we could wait till the 11th of April for the next show because the news and notes also on that, I forgot to pass this along to you. On the 7th of April, we will be in Columbus for the Jackets game, Jackets and Flyers, and, uh, that leads us into a good segue right here as you're listening to All Andy Elford tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and however you're listening. Thank you for tuning in. The good segue that leads us into the latest edition of the Jackets Report. It's time to fire the cannon, and it's time to put on your jackets. It's time for the Jackets Report, right here on All Andy Alfred. So yeah, that leads us into this latest Jackets Report on this, the 28th day of March 2022. Of course, I just mentioned to you right here, we are headed to Columbus. And we are headed to Columbus for three games this upcoming April. Three huge games for the Jackets, of course. It will start for us on the 7th. Of April, as the Jackets will be playing the Philadelphia Flyers, Cam Atkinson's a little bit of Cam Atkinson return to Columbus. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Uh, going with my brother-in-law, uh, Roberto, His this will be his first NHL experience. Looking forward to that. I'm going to take him through the city of Columbus, go to the game, uh, maybe head over to Schmidt's, have dinner, or lunch-slash-dinner over there, drive the Autobahn maybe. Little bit, but then also on the gotta make mention of this too on the 22nd, which is Earth Day, we will be back in Columbus again to see them play the Ottawa Senators, which is a Friday night. The Senators come to Nationwide Arena, and then we will be there for the season finale in one week's time on from the Earth Day, the 22nd, on the 28th to see them play the Tampa Bay Lightning. That will be Jersey's Jersey giving off the back night. Looking forward to that. Um, and looking forward to the season finale for the Jackets on the 28th. But lately, the Jackets have been really struggling as of late. When I last left you, the Jackets were coming off of a huge win, a huge win over the Vegas Golden Knights. They were taking on the Ottawa Senators the day before St. Patrick's Day, and they got a big 4-1 win over the Ottawa Senators. It all started off with with the Ottawa Senators, Ines getting his seventh of the season from Chabot and Tierney. It was one nothing Ottawa before the Columbus kid himself, Jack Roslovic, getting his 11th of the season, tying the game at one apiece from Zach Wierinski and Patrick Laine. 
It's 1-1 after 20 minutes of play. The Jackets then put the gas pedal down as Eric Robinson getting his eighth of the season from Zach Warinski and Elvis Merzlinkitz getting his second assist of the season. And it was 2-1 Jackets at the 2:40 mark of the second period. 14-21 mark of the first period. Roslovic getting his second of the game, his 12th of the season from Liney and Carlson. 3-1 Jackets, and then Corrali into the empty net at the 18-23 mark of the third period, putting the game away for the Jackets as they get a 4-1 win in the country capital of, Colum of, of Canada, Ottawa, Ontario. Roslovic, the number one star. Merce Lincoln's the number two star. Patrick Laine, the number three star in the game. The Jackets outshot the Senators in the game 39-31. Ottawa led in the faceoff dot 60% to 30% to 40%. Both teams over 2 on the power play. They both had 4 minutes of penalties. Ottawa out-hit the Jackets 22-19, to they out, but the Jackets out-blocked the Senators 10-9. They, they also had 8 giveaways to the Senators 13, but the Senators had 9 takeaways to the Jackets 3. Jackets had 15 shots in the first, 14 shots in the second, and 10 shots in the third. While the Senators had 8 shots in the first, 15 shots in the second, and 8 shots in the third period. 39-31 was the toll of the shots. For the for Elvis Merzlikens, he stopped 30 of 31. His save percentage was a .965 in the game. And for the Ottawa Senators, it was Anton Forsberg, the former Jacket himself, stopping 35 of 38. His save percentage of a point. 9-1. So the Jackets a big win, continuing a three-game winning streak. They then went back to Nationwide on St. Patrick's Day to battle Alexander Ovechkin and the Washington Capitals, and the Capitals put a shellacking on the Jackets, and it all started off with uh, Anthony Manta getting his fifth of the season from TJ Oshie. It was one nothing Capitals, and then Manta again getting his second of the game Second of the period, his sixth of the season unassisted, and it's 2-0 Washington at the 12-21 mark of the first period, and that's what the score was after 20 minutes of play. McFury for the for the Capitals getting his fifth of the season from Sprung and Carlson, making it 3-0 Washington halfway through the it just starting the second period before the Maestro himself, Oliver Bergstrand, on the power play, getting his 22nd of the season from Jacob Voracek and Max Domi, his 23rd of the season, third assist of the season, 3-1 Washington on the power play at the 6.57 mark of the second period, but you can't keep Ovi off the scoreboard. He capitalizes on the power play in his wheelhouse, his 38th goal of the season from Connor Sheary and Tom Wilson, 4-1 Washington after 40 minutes of play. The bug himself, Patrick Line getting his 24th of the season for Warinsky and Andrew Peak making it a 4-2 game on a tip shot. Only a minute, almost nearly under two minutes into the period. But and that was all the scoring the Jackets could 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 muster as McMichaels getting his eighth of the season, making it a 5-2 game. And then Connor Shuri into the empty net. At the 721 mark of the third period, they pulled the goalie early in the third period. It backfired on them as it was 6-2 Washington. And then Kuznetsov on the power play, beating, beating the goaltender. It was 7-2 Washington. That was the final. 
The Jackets fall on St. Patrick's Day to the Capitals by a score of 7-2. Vici Vanek getting the number one star. Anthony Mantha, the number two star. And Alexander Ovechkin, the number three star. Jackets did outshoot the Capitals in the game 41-33. to and the face-off dot, the Jackets had fit, were fifty-three percent, uh, were 47%, where the Capitals were 53%. Washington 2-for-5 on the power play. Columbus 1-for-5 on the power play. Both teams had 14 minutes in penalties. The Jackets had 16 hits to the Capitals, 15. The Capitals, 13 blocks to 12 blocks for the Jackets. The Jackets had three giveaways to Washington, 7. They also had six takeaways from Washington's five. Jackets out shooting them in all three periods of the game. Eight to 13 in the first in favor of the Jackets. 17 to 15 in the second. And 11 to 10 in the third period of the game. And so the for the Capitals, by the way, it was uh, Vantic getting the number one, getting the star, number one star. He stopped 39 of 41. His save percentage of a point, 951 in the game. It was Elvis Merzlinkins getting the start. He stopped 20 of 23. His save percentage of a point eight seven zero, but it was Corpusalo starting the game. He stopped six of nine. His save percentage was a point six six seven in the game. So then we get to Saturday, the nineteenth of April, and the Jackets getting a big win over the St. Louis Blues by a score of five to four at Nationwide Arena. It did start off with Emil Benstrom getting his third of the season from Robinson and Gabrikoff. It was one nothing Jackets. Then David Perron getting his 19th of the season on the power play from Brady Shin and Troy Krug. Tying the game at one apiece at the 12.36 mark of the period. But then Gustav Nyquist getting his 15th of the season from Patrick Line and Oliver Bjorkstrand. It's 2-1 Jackets after 20 minutes of play. Line A, the bug himself, getting his 25th of the season from, from Nyquist and Roslovic, making a 3-1 game. But St. Louis was not done out of this one as Torpicado getting his first goal as a blue from Folk and Perron. It's 3-2 Jackets after 40 minutes of play. Corrali getting some insurance for the Jackets in the third period at the 6.59 mark of the third from Robinson and Benstrom. It's 4-2 Jackets. Then David Perron getting a goal on the power play from Brady Shen and Tori Krug. It was 4-3 Jackets at the 8.03 mark of the third period. But then Voracek putting the game away, getting his fourth of the season from Bjorkstrand and Jake Bean, making it a 5-3 Jacket game. But Perron was persistent Getting a goal at the 1840 mark of the third period. A lot of pressure later on in the game. But the Jackets found a way to get the job done and beat the St. Louis Blues by a score of 5-4. to Perron gets the number two star. Liney the number one star. And Gustav Nyquist is the number three star. St. Louis outshot the Jackets in the game 28-27. to In the faceoff dot, the Jackets were 67%, uh, were 30 3% to the St. Louis Blues, 67%. So St. Louis led in the faceoff dot. St. Louis was 2 for 3 on the power play. Columbus 1 for 4. As Columbus had 6 minutes in penalties, the St. Louis is 8. The Blues out hit the Jackets in the game, 12 to 8. The Jackets out blocked the Blues, 13 to 7. The Jackets had 7 giveaways to St. Louis is 6, while the Blues had 7 takeaways from the Jackets, 6. In the game, it was. Starting in net for the Jackets, it was Corpusalo stopping 5 of 7. 
save percentage. Uh, Merzlinka stopping 19 of 21, save percentage of a .95. Corpusala stopping 5 of 7, save percentage of a .714. Merzlinka goes out with an injury. Corpy comes in, gets an opportunity to play, and that got us to Monday, which was the trade deadline. The Jackets have dealt have dealt Max Domi to the Carolina Hurricanes for for trade for basically for picks. It's basically what it is, and uh, you know it was a it was a big move for the Jackets to get Domi off the books a little bit. And it was a big move for them. And Corpy stays with the Jackets, but he is done for the season. He we he we find out later on this week, earlier last week, that he is out with hips. He had a hip surgery done. He is done for the season, and it's, so it's going to be uh, Tarasov and Merzlikins the rest of the way this season for the Jackets. Now we'll get into some more injury news about the Jackets here in just a little bit. But after the trade deadline, the Jackets headed over to Pittsburgh to PBG Paints Arena to take on the Pittsburgh Penguins. The Jackets got off to an early good start as Nyquist getting his 16th of the season from Wierenski and Voracek on the power play, making it a 1-0 Jacket game, but that's pretty much it. As Raquel makes his, makes his huge debut with the St. Louis, with the, uh, from Raquel makes his big debut with Pittsburgh in the game. And it was all Penguins in the second period in the rest of the game. As Zoroff from Boyle and Rondell, it ties the game at one apiece. Then Jake Gensel, his 30th of the season from Crosby and Rockress. It's it's 2-1 Pittsburgh. Then unassisted is Brandon Rust, his 21st of the season making it a 3-1 Pittsburgh League, and then Gensel, his second of the period, second of the night, 31st of the season, making it a 4-1 Pittsburgh lead from Crosby and Matheson after 40 minutes. Malkin on the power play at the 8:54 mark of the third period, making it a 5-1 game. That was the final. Jackets fall to the Penguins by a score of 5-1. Gensel, the number one star. Crosby, the number two star. Brian Russ, the number three star. Pittsburgh outshot the Jackets in the game 37-27. Led in the faceoff dot 61% to 39%. Both teams won for four on the power play. They both had eight minutes of penalties. The Jackets did out-hit the Penguins in the game 26-9, 14-10 in blocks. They also had two giveaways to Pittsburgh's eight, but Pittsburgh had ten takeaways to Columbus's six. In the game, the Jackets... Goaltender was Jonas Corposalo, 32 of 37, save percentage of 0.865. For the Penguins, it was uh, Tristan Jari, 26 to 27, save percentage of a 0.963. So a big swing of road games for the for the Jackets as they were playing playoff contending teams going forward. So getting off to a bad start in Pittsburgh was bad. Finding out then Corpusal going down with the injury, that was bad too. However, we get to Friday. It was the return of Patrick Liney and Jack Rosselbeck for the first time this season to Winnipeg. And, you know, they got a good reception. Both guys got recept- good receptions. The Jackets did get it going in the game. 
They kept it close most of the way, but in the first period it was Tortado from or Winnipeg getting his sixth of the season from Dylan and Sam Surf. It's 1-0 Winnipeg. Then Kyle Connors getting his 41st goal of the season from Tortado. It's 2-0 Winnipeg. But then Adam Boquist coming back from injury, getting his 11th of the season from Nyquist and Roslevic on the power play. It was 2-1 Winnipeg after 20 minutes of play. Then Brendan Goss getting his 4th of the season from Benstrom. It's tied at 2. 3 minutes and 22 seconds into the second period. Now I'm saying to myself, okay, we can get back into it. But then they let Winnipeg score with less than a minute to play in the period, which gives Winnipeg so much momentum going into that into the frame. As Morrissey gets his 11th of the season from Shifley and Wheeler. It's 3-2 Winnipeg on the power play after 40 minutes of play. But then the maestro connects with less than a minute to play. Both teams giving not much in the end, but uh, on the power play, the maestro connects. Bjorkstrand, his 23rd of the season from Warinsky and Voracek. It's 3-3, and I'm saying to myself, oh my God, we can get out of Winnipeg. We got, we got a point. Let's go get the other one, but only 21 seconds into overtime. Nikolai Ehlers beats Elvis Merzlinkitz. And that was the final. 4-3 was the final at, M at formerly MTS place. As the Jackets fall to the Winnipeg Jets 4-3. Tortado, the number one star. Morrissey, the number two star. Jack Roslevic. The number three star. The Jackets did outshoot the Winnipeg Jets in the game, thirty-six to thirty-three. In the faceoff dot, led forty were had were at forty-four percent to Winnipeg's fifty-six percent. Jackets were a perfect two for two on the power play with only six minutes in penalties, while Winnipeg was one for two on the power play with six minutes in penalties. Jackets out hitting the Winnipeg Jets by a score by a hit of twenty-three to twenty. But Winnipeg outblocked the Jackets 20 to 17. They had nine giveaways to the Winnipeg Jets 16, but the Jets had eight takeaways to Columbus's one takeaway. In the game, it was Merzlinkas stopping 29 of 33, his save percentage of a point 879. For Winnipeg, it was Comrade stopping 33 of 36, his save percentage of a point. 9-1-7. So the Jackets fall in Winnipeg by a score of 4-3 to three in overtime. It was a big loss, but they had to brush it off and head into Minnesota to battle the Minnesota Wild the next night. And this is where I think we saw what this team is this season. This game right here was competitive for this team and there was so much full of surprises but the surprise to me is that what Zach Gorinsky going down with that injury and when that happened when the play happened and I saw it it should have been called the penalty should have been called on the play for that high hit it should have been called League has not come down with a with a response to that hit, and I am just shocked by that. I am absolutely shocked and appalled by that huge hit that Warinsky took, and there was no it was high hit to the con high contact to the head, 
and they have not called it. The Players Safety Committee has not called it. They have not called for this kid to get a suspension or a fine. What is taking so long? It looked like it looked like a clean play, but then when you slow it down, you see he makes contact high head. That should have been two right there on the ice, and it should be two game suspension and a fine. But the league has not come down with the result because oh, we're reviewing every play and every angle and blah 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 blah. If you say that one more time, I'm going to drill you. Plain and simple. I'm going to drill you. And it costs us. It costs us. In the game. It costs us in the game. With being down a veteran defenseman like that, it costs us. Dearly. Kaprizov started the scoring for Minnesota and started the scoring in the game. Getting his first of the... his. Making Minnesota up one nothing. Kaprizov, his thirty fourth of the season from Zuccarello, and Ekman Larson. It was one nothing after twenty minutes, and then Jake Bean getting his fifth of the season from Roslovic and Kukin tying the game at one apiece on a deflected shot, and then Yakov Voracek getting his fifth of the season from Gabrikov and Line A, making it a two one game. And then I was saying to myself, I was listening to the game, and I said, "Oh my God, they got an opportunity to." do something here you know i was watching the game a little bit on my phone i was with some with my with a couple of my friends and my wife we were at their at, at my friend's house we were i saw the game was happening we listened to the end of the game on the radio back because we have serious xm we have the minnesota feed and then minnesota ties it with with less than a minute to play in the game at the 1857 mark of the period. Tying the game at two. The place went nuts as Kaprizov getting his second of the game, his 35th of the season for Brodin and Falaya. It's 2 2. Jackets get a point. Can we finish the job? No. Pergeron on a backhanded shot as it trickled past Elvis Merzlinkins. Jackets fall to Minnesota by a score of 3-2 as Bergeron getting his sixth of the season from Fala and Goudreau. 3-2 was the final. Spurgeon gets the number one star. Kaprizov the number two star. And Marc-Andre Fleury, his first start after being traded from, from Chicago to Minnesota, the number three star. Minnesota outshot the Jackets in the game 38-25. to They led in the faceoff dot 54% to 46%. On the power play, the Wild were 1 for 2. Columbus 0 for 2. Both teams had 10 minutes in penalties. Minnesota outhit the Jackets 28-22. They outblocked the Jackets 10-8. They had 5 take giveaways to Columbus. Columbus had 5 giveaways to Minnesota 7 they had eight takeaways, Minnesota did, to Columbus's six. In the game, by the way, it was Merzlinkis making back-to-back -back starts. He stopped 35 of 38. His save percentage of a point nine two one for Marc-Andre Fleury. stopped 23 of 25. His save percentage of a point 
9-0. So the Jackets fall to the Minnesota Wild. And they are now on a, if you count it, a they are 0-1-2. So they're on a three-game losing streak going into tomorrow night's play at Nationwide Arena. As the Jackets will welcome in the New York Islanders at Nationwide Arena. 7 o'clock puck drop at Nationwide at 200 West Nationwide Boulevard. They will then head to the aisle to Belmont Park to tell the New York Islanders. And then Saturday's a, a, a game you have to circle if you're a Jackets fan. The Jackets will go into Boston, but the Bruins are going to honor Nick Felino for his 1,000th game that night. And then two nights later on Monday the 4th, they will welcome in the Boston Bruins to Nationwide Arena for the final time as the Jackets will play the Boston Bruins before they head to Philadelphia on that Tuesday. They'll have a day off, and we will then be in Columbus on the 7th to battle the Philadelphia Flyers at Nationwide Arena, 7 o'clock puck drop. And then that following Saturday, they are in Detroit. We will be in Detroit for that game as well. Jackets, Red Wings, the Slice, 7 o'clock puck drop for that one. So I'm seeing the Jackets four times in the month of April. Four times. One road game, three home games. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it deeply. And then after that, they will be at home against Montreal. And then they begin their West Coast trip where they're in L.A. And then they're in Anaheim before they then head to a day off. And then they're in San Jose to battle the Sharks before they return back home on the 22nd. We'll be there against the Ottawa Senators. So looking at some scores from around the National Hockey League that are taking place tonight, it is the Sabres taking on the Chicago Blackhawks. The Hawks up 5-4 on the Sabres. Coyotes battling the Oilers tonight. That game just getting underway. Seattle and L.A. getting underway right now. Finals from tonight. It was Carolina a 6-1 win over the Washington Capitals and St. Louis a 4-1 win over the Vancouver Canucks. And I just got to say this really quickly. I am just surprised that the Detroit Red Wings have not fired Blasio for what happened last night. The Red Wings were in Pittsburgh to battle the Penguins. The Penguins beat the Red Wings by a score of 11-2. to And what I have heard on Twitter today and from fans that are very, very disgruntled over Jeff Blaschel and his post-game comments, as well as his poor coaching that he has had this season. Does Stevie Y make the trig pull the trigger and fire him? I think it has to be done now. It has to be done now because of we're towards the end of the season. There is no hope for this team. This team is is twenty two and twenty six and thirty two. And eight with 60 points. If you're going to build for the future, it is time to cut ties with Jeff Blaschel. The question is, who do you go and hire? I think you move up everybody in the in the rankings. I think Dan Watson goes up into the AHL rankings at the end of this season. I think you keep Blaschel. Uh, I'll say this. If the Red Wings continue to blow big games like this, I think it's a bound and and a big effort that the Red Wings are going to fire Blasio. 
when is it going to happen? Is it going to be another big loss, or is it going to be the end of the season? I think it's going to be towards the end of the season. I think it'll be the end of the season when they fire him. And I think they are going to move everybody up around. I think Watson's going to stay in. It's going to move up to the AHL. I think the AHL guy's going to go up to the up to the NHL. And I think Toledo's going to need a new coach as of next season. That's what I think. That's how I really think. So we shall see. We shall see. Uh, news and notes to pass along to you. It looks like uh, the Montreal Canadiens are going to retain Martin St. Louis as their coach. As uh, Kent Hughes said on Monday, the meetings, the uh, NHL and the general managers hold are, are holding in-person meetings in Florida right now for the first time since 2020. Uh, also, it looks like uh, the three stars this week are Max, are Cam Talbot, Johnny Goudreau, and also it looks like the number three star is going to be Leon Dreisaitl for the Edmonton Oilers of the three stars this week. Uh, and we have our first team knocked out of the playoff realm as the Montreal Canadiens are eliminated from the playoff contention. So, uh, by the way, tomorrow's games, besides Jackets and Islanders, Toronto is in Boston to battle the Bruins. Carolina is in Tampa to battle the Lightning. You have Montreal in Florida to battle the Panthers. New York is in Pittsburgh to battle the Penguins. Ottawa is in Nashville to battle the Predators. Philadelphia is in Minnesota to battle the Wild. Colorado is in Calgary and Dallas is in Anaheim. The TNT game on Wednesday is going to be the Rangers and the Red Wings on TNT. 7.30 puck drop. 10 o'clock late game. Seattle hosting the Seattle Kraken. I'm the Vegas Golden Knights. Seattle hosting Vegas in that game. So with all that in mind, let's take a look at the standings going into today's play. We'll start with the Atlantic Division. It is led by the Florida Panthers at 44-15-6 with 94 points. Tampa, 41-18-6 with 88 points. Toronto is now in third spot at 41-19-5 with 87 points. Metropolitan Division sees the Carolina Hurricanes at 44-15-7 with 95 points. Pittsburgh, 40-17-10 with 90 points. The Rangers, 42-19-5 with 89 points. Wildcard standings look like this. Boston holding the top wildcard spot at 41-19-5 with 87 points. Washington holding the second wildcard spot, and they were going to probably secure it too. They're 37-21-10 with 84 points. Columbus on the outside looking in. They're 32-29-5 with 69 points. There's no point. The Jackets are probably not going to catch the the uh, the the Washington Capitals, but that but they they can hold their strong in the third spot position because the Islanders who they're playing for the next two nights, next two games are right behind them at 28, 27, and nine with 65 points. The Red Wings 26, 32, and eight with 60 points. Buffalo 23, 33, and 10 with 56 points. Philadelphia 21, 34, and 11 with 53 points. The Devils 23, 37, and five with 53 points. Ottawa 23, 36, and 6 with 52 points. Montreal 18, 37, and 11 with 47 points. In the Western Conference, the Central Division is led by the 
Colorado Avalanche at 46-14-6 with 98 points. Minnesota 40-20-4 with 84 points. St. Louis 36-20-9 with 81 points. In the Pacific Division, it's led by the Calgary Flames at 40-17-8 with 88 points. LA 36-22-9 with 81 points. And it's Edmonton at 36-25-5 with 77 points. Wildcard standings look like this. Hold by the top spot is the... Nashville Predators at 38, 24, and 4 with 80 points. Vegas holding the second spot at 36, 28, and 4 with 76 points. On the outside looking in are the Dallas Stars at 36, 25, and 3 with 75 points. Winnipeg 32, 25, and 10 with 74 points. Vancouver 32, 27, and 9 with 73 points. San Jose 29, 28, and 8 with 66 points. You have Anaheim at 27, 29, and 11 with 65 points. The Chicago Blackhawks are 24, 32, and 10 with 58 points. Seattle 20, 39, and 6 with 46 points. And rounding it all out are the Arizona Coyotes at 20, 40, and 5 with 45 points. That is the standings, and that is the Jackets report. Jackets on the ice tomorrow night. 7 o'clock puck drop against the New York Islanders. They will then head to the Isle on the on the 31st to battle the Islanders before they head to Boston for Nick Felino night at TD Garden. As you're listening to All Andy Alford tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and however you're listening, thank you for tuning in. And let's continue to hit the ice and let's talk a little ECHL hockey and a playoff clinch that took place at the Huntington Center. It's time to hit the pond. It's time for the Walleye Roundup right here on All Andy Alfred. So it's now time for the latest walleye roundup right here. And when I last left you on the 15th of April, uh, 15th of March, Orlando, looking around the East Coast League, Orlando fell to the Atlanta Gladiators by a score of 3-2. to two. It was Tulsa falling to the Kansas City Mavericks in overtime by a score of 4-3. to three. On the 16th of March, Kalamazoo was a winner over Cincinnati in the early morning game by a score of 3-2. to two. Maine Beats the Adirondack Thunder 5-3. The Lions of Travos getting fall to the Wooster Railers by a score of 4-3. South Carolina a 1-0 win over the Greenville Swamp Rabbits. Jacksonville a 5-4 win over the Florida Everblades. Reading a 4-2 win over the Norfolk Admirals. And the Allen Americans a 4-1 win over the Wichita Thunder. We then get into Thursday on St. Patrick's Day. The Lions of uh, Travos fall to the Newfoundland Growlers by a score of 4-1. to one. Tulsa a 5-2 win over the Allen Americans. And the Walleye started their long road trip of the season as they headed out to Wichita, Kansas to battle the Wichita Thunder on St. Patrick's Day as it was the Thunder and the Walleye at Intrust Bank Arena. 
Mask. Walleye started off pretty well for B, getting his first as a walleye from Mitchell Hurd and Gordy Meyer on the power play. It was one nothing fish at the 212 mark of the first period. And then at the 343 mark of the first period, Justin Albert getting his 21st of the season from Hensick and Lowry made it 2 nothing fish. Then Mitchell Hurd getting his, first, his 12th of the season from Meyer and Lowry again on the power play, 3 nothing fish after 20 minutes of play. Hurd continued this scoring streak in the second period at the 626 mark of the second period, making it a 4 nothing game in favor of the fish from Burton. Making it four nothing. Wichita does get on the scoreboard from Watt from Watts, his ninth of the season from Johnson and Peters. It's four one fish. Toledo's then Matt Barry getting his seventeenth of the season from Verbeek and Grizzola. Five one fish. Grizzola then getting his twelfth of the season from Ian Parker. It was six one Toledo. Wichita answers at the nineteen twenty eight mark of the third period from Clark. From Saffron and Graves, 6-2 was the final as the Walleye getting a huge 6-2 win over the Wichita Thunder in the game. Toledo out shooting Wichita in the game 42-22. Toledo 2-for-3 in the power play. Wichita 0-for-1 on the power play. Uh, you had Morosic getting the win. He stopped 20-of-22. His save percentage of a point nine five zero. Brooklyn stopping 36-of-42. His save percentage of a point. 8-6-3. In the game, the three stars. Hurd was the number one star. Verbeek, the number two star. And Watts, the number three stars. The Fish, a big 6-2 win in Wichita, Kansas, starting off the road trip. We then head into Friday, which was the 18th of March. Looking at scores around the East Coast League on that day. Jacksonville, a 4-1 win over the Atlantic Gladiators. Indianapolis, a 6-4 win over the Wheeling Nailers. Iowa falls to the Kalamazoo Wings by a score of 5-4. Adirondack a 3-2 win over the Running Royals. The Lions a winner 1-0 over the Maine Mariners. South Carolina falls to the Worcester Railers by a score of 3-0. Florida beats up on Orlando 3-0. Greenville a 2-1 win over the Norfolk Admirals. Fort Wayne beats up on the Cyclones by a score of 6-4. Allen puts a shellacking on Wichita by a score of 8-5. And Rapid City, a 5-4 win over Kansas City. And Idaho falls to the Utah Grizzlies by a score of 2 to nothing. So then the Fish then battled it, went into Tulsa for three straight games. But before that, South Carolina was a winner 2-0 over the Maine Mariners. Atlanta, a 4-3 win over Jacksonville. Florida, a 3-2 win over Orlando. Wheeling, a 4-1 win over Indy. In overtime, Kalamazoo, a 5-4 win over the Heartlanders. Of Iowa, Adirondack fall to the Reading, Royal, Reading Royals 5-2. Say that really quickly. Wooster a 4-3 win over the Newfoundland Growlers. Greenville a 7-3 win over the Norfolk Admirals. Cincinnati in overtime beats Fort Wayne 4-3. Kansas City falls to Rapid City 3-2 in overtime. Idaho gets the better of Utah by a score of 6-1. On Saturday night, and like I mentioned before, Toledo went into Tulsa on Saturday night to the beautiful BKO Center in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And Tulsa got the better of the fish. No scoring in the first period, but then Tulsa at the 11.43 mark of the second period. Palasek getting its 19th of the season for Dormus and Frugal on the power play, making it a one nothing game. 
and then Brett Boeing for the fish answers at the 15-11 mark of that same period from Verbeek on the power play. It's 1-1. Then Dormus getting his 24th of the season from Domi and Plesic. Uh, even strength, making it a 2-1 game. Gould getting his second of the season from Masada and Gilmore at the 18-18 mark of the second period. And Escher Mama getting his 14th of the season from Dormus making it a 4-1 game in the second. No scoring took place in the third. Tulsa beats up on Toledo by a score of 4-1. And Tulsa outshot Toledo in the game 45-28. Both teams one for one for on the power play. Toledo one for two. Tulsa one for three in the game. Fulcher started for the Fish. He stopped 41 of 45. Safe percentage of a point. 9-0-4. Domalek stopping 27 of 28. His save percentage of a point nine seven five. The three stars were all Tulsa. Manella, Dormus, and Plesic. All were the three stars of the game as the Fish fall to the Tulsa Oilers by a score of 4-1. By the way, the attendance... 10,515 at BKO Center on Saturday night. Sunday saw the games around the East Coast League. Atlanta of loses to Jacksonville in overtime 5-4. India 4-1 win over the Cincinnati Cyclones. In overtime, it was Kalamazoo, a 7-6 win over the Wheeling Nailers. Maine shuts down on the Stingrays 4-0. Adirondack, a 5-2 win over the Running Royals. Allen, a 3-1 win over Wichita. It was Newfoundland, a 3-2 win over the Worcester Railers. Greenville beats up on Norfolk, 6-2. Rapid City falls to Kansas City, 5-4. And the Fish then went in for Game 2 of the Tulsa three-game series on Sunday afternoon. And the Fish got the better end of this one. It was all Fish in the, first, in the, all fish in the second period as no scoring took place in the first it was Schultz getting his 11th of the season from Meyer and Gazzola at the 18:52 mark of the second period, making it a one-nothing game after 20 minutes. Verbeek getting his second of the season from Schultz and Hurd, even strength at the 3:20 mark of the set of the third period, and then in at the 4:10 mark, it was Gould getting his third of the season from Scope and Frugal, making it a 2-1 game in favor of the Fish. But then Keegan Howishell put in the game winner, his 11th of the season from Hensick and Parker. And it was a 3-1 fish win at the BKO Center in Tulsa, Oklahoma. As Christopoulos stopping 38 of 39 as the Tulsa Oilers outshot the walleye. But the walleye getting the big win as Christopoulos gets the number one star. Verbeek the number two star. Gold the number three star from Tulsa. As the Fish beat up on the Oilers by a score of 3-1. to one. Manella getting the loss. He stopped 21 of 24. His save percentage of a point, 9-2-5. In the game, both teams 0 for on the power play. Toledo 0 for 3. Tulsa 0 for 2. Time of the game, 2 hours 15 minutes. 4,654 in attendance at BKO Center on Sunday. And then we get to Monday. One game in the East Coast League, and that was the Walleye. They took on the Tulsa Oilers at BKO Center. And the Fish getting the win and salvaging the road trip as they finished the road trip at 3-1 on the West Coast trip. As they went 2-1 in Tulsa at the BKO Center, it was Ian Parker starting the scoring for the Fish. 
his 10th of the season in the first period at the 1444 mark of the period from Hawkins and Keenan. one nothing Walleye after 20 minutes. And then Keegan Howeschel at the 310 mark of the second period, his 12th of the season for Boeing and Lowry. It's one, it's two nothing fish after halfway through. Then Tulsa, Tulsa's Fleef getting his 10th of the season from Dormus and Frugal on the power play at the 440 mark of the second. But that was all the scoring that took place as the Fish beat up on the Oilers by a score of 2-1. to one. Billy Christopoulos gets the win. He stopped 39 of 40. He has saved percentage of a .975. Manella gets the loss. He stopped 39 of 41. Save percentage of a point. 9-5-0. The Fish were 0 for 6 on the power play to Tulsa. 1 for 4. The Fish outshot Tulsa in the game 41 to 40. In the game, 4,091 in attendance for that one on Monday evening. We then get to Tuesday's game. One game on the tap, which was running a 6-3 win over the Worcester Railers. Wednesday, the 23rd, Cincinnati, a 4-0 win over Kalamazoo, Reading a 3-2 win over the Worcester Railers. In Glen Falls, it was Newfoundland, a 7-3 win over Adirondack. India, a 4-1 win over the Wheeling Nailers. Greenville beats on the Lions, 2-1. Fort Wayne, a 4-2 win over the Iowa Heartlanders. Wichita falls to the Idaho Steelheads, 7-4. And Tulsa, a 4-2 win over the Utah Grizzlies. Thursday, in overtime, Orlando, a 4-3 win over the Florida Everblades, and then finishing up the West Western trip for the Western teams for the Fish were the Allen Americans that took the ice at the Huntington Center this past weekend. A lot was on the line for the Fish this past weekend, but looking at the other games in the East Coast League at the time, it was Norfolk a 3-2 win over the Reading Royals, Orlando a 4-1 win over Greenville, it was Wooster a 5-1 win over the Adirondack Thunder. Fort Wayne a 5-2 win over Indy. Jacksonville a 3-2 win over the Florida Everblades on the 25th of March. You also had the Lions of Travos falling to South Carolina 3-0. Wheeling a 4-1 win over Kalamazoo. Newfoundland a 4-3 win over Maine. Iowa shuts down the Cyclones by a score of 5-0. In a shootout, Atlanta a 4-3 win over Rapid City. Tulsa, a 6-5 win over Utah, and Idaho, a 3-2 win in overtime over Wichita. And like I said, Allen was in the Huntington Center for three big games. They got the better of the fish on Friday night as the Allen Americans come into the Huntington Center and Truk getting his 18th of the season from Nabalo and Champana. And it's 1-0 Allen at the 141 mark of the first period. Before Matt Barry getting his 18th of the season from Grizzola and Hurd, it's 1-1. But right before the end of the period, as Awestruck getting his 22nd of the season from Truk and Carroll, it's 2-1 Americans after 20 minutes of play. Lowry getting his 4th of the season from Hawkins and Albert, tying the game at the 8-11 mark of the second period. And then Allen then connecting with two quick goals, one at the 9.46 mark as Truk getting his 19th of the season from Leopard and Bernot. And then it was Winkris getting his 10th of the season from Miller and Sawchuck at the 16.17 mark of the period of the second, making it a 4-2 game after 40 minutes of play. 
Albert did cut the deficit to one, his 22nd of the season from Hensick and Hawkins, but that is as close as the fish got as the walleye fall at the Huntington Center by a score of 4-3 to three in the game on Friday night. The fish outshot Allen in the game 44-20. to 20. Both teams did not have penalties in the game whatsoever. 7,441 were in attendance for the game. Uh, Persini gets the win for Allen. He stopped 41 of 44 to save percentage of a point. 925. Christopoulos 16 of 20. He stopped in the game, allowing four goals in the game. He his save percentage of a point 916 in the game on Friday night. So the fish fall the opener to Allen. Saturday saw the slate look like this in the East Coast League. Norfolk a 5-3 win over the running Royals. Maine beats up on the Growlers 9-4. The Lions getting the better of South Carolina on Saturday night 5-2. Adirondack, Adirondack falls to the Wooster Railers 3-2. Greenville falls, uh, excuse me, Jacksonville falls to Florida 3-1. Wheeling loses in a overtime game to Indy 5-4. Kalamazoo falls to to Fort Wayne 5-4 in overtime. Cincinnati a 4-2 win over the Iowa Heartlanders. Rapid City a 5-1 win over the Atlanta Gladiators. The Steelheads put nine unanswered on the Wichita Thunder for a 9-1 win, and Utah getting a 1-0 win over the Tulsa Oilers. The Fish continued their homestand against the Allen Americans on Saturday and saw a doozy of a game as Allen jumped out to the early 1-0 lead as Combs getting his 20th of the season from Lowry and Millar making it a 1-0 game after 20 minutes of play. Then Hawkins getting his 22nd of the season from Albert and Walters. It's 1-1 at the 2.36 mark of the second period. And then you had Allen on the power play at the 6.44 mark of the period, getting his, uh, Shawchuk getting his, uh, Ostrichuk, excuse me, getting his 23rd of the season from Costello and Combs, making it a 2-1 lead in favor of Allen, then Toledo putting on the pressure, scoring three times in the period at the 7.04 mark as Hawkins getting his 23rd from Alberts, Albert and Hensick, and then Brett Boeing with two quick goals at the 17.04 mark at the second period, making it a 3-2 game, his 18th of the season from Gazola, and then Boeing again at the 18.57 mark of that same period, hitting his 19th of the season making it a 4-2 lead for the Fish, but then Leopard cutting the deficit to one at the 1928 mark of the period, his 17th from Butcher, and it was 4-3 three, three Fish after 40 minutes of play. Schultz getting the Fish started at the 853 mark of that same period from Lowry and Keenan, making it a 5-3 game, and then Allen connects with two big goals back-to-back -back times. At the 7-16 mark, as Ostertuck getting his 24th of the season from Costello. And then Josh Winchrist, his 11th of the season from Chook and Baker Butcher. It's the 17-55 mark of the third period, tying the game at five apiece. And then Brandon Hawkins getting the hat trick, ending the game, winning it big. His 24th of the season from Hensick and Gazola at the 3-49 mark of the overtime period. Sealing the deal for the fish, the hats going on to the Huntington Center ice as the Walleye beat the Allen Americans by a score of 6-5. Toledo outshot the Allen Americans in the game 42-29. Allen 1-3 on the power play. 
Toledo 0 for 2. Chrysopolis stopping 24 of 29. His save percentage of a point 925 in the game. Bersini stopping 36 of 42. His save percentage of a point 895 in the game. 895 was his save percentage. By the way, 7,772 in attendance at the game. The three stars, Osterchuk for Allen. Boeing for Toledo is the number two star. And Hawkins, the number one star in the game on Saturday night. We get to Sunday slate. It looks like this around the East Coast League. Greenville beats Orlando in a shootout 4-3. Newfoundland falls to the Mariners 6-4. Running a 4-1 win over the Wooster Railers. A lot going into the games, by the way. I'll get to hear why I say that in just a second. South Carolina 5-4 win over the Lions of Travolse. Fort Wayne a 7-3 win over the Wheeling Nailers. And Atlanta a 3-2 win over the Rapid City Rush in overtime. So the slate was looking like this. Toledo had to either win or get a point in overtime or Kalamazoo loss on Sunday. A Kalamazoo loss would guarantee them, would clinch them a playoff spot in the ECHL playoffs. A win would clinch them the spot as well as a overtime point as well. Kalamazoo won in Indy earlier in the afternoon 5-2. to two. So a big game that set up for the Fish. I was in attendance for this one on Sunday afternoon. It was a doozy of a game. I sat with some good friends of mine, uh, Phil Bennett and Wes Carr. We got a good opportunity to chat throughout the game. But Barry getting the goal started off. A nice shot on, shot on beating Monette. And it was one nothing Fish. It was on the power play from Hawkins and Albert as it was paused in puck, Pucks Night, by the way. For the game for the walleye, so there was no goal horn in the game, so it was nice to see. Barry, his 19th of the season from Hawkins and Albert, it was 1-0 Fish. Allen then capitalized at the 16-39 mark of the period as Keenan getting his fourth from Winchris and Trope. And it was, Winchris was acknowledged as the goal scorer, but they have cha they changed it to the first goal as Keen gets his fourth from Winchris and Trope. It's 1-1. And then Winchris getting his 12th of the season from Bruno and Butcher on the power play. It was 2-1 Allen after 20 minutes of play. Now, I got to say this. Ian Parker, I, I, I like the kid. He's a nice kid and everything like that. But when you drop the gloves on Sunday against, against Scroke, it was just terrible. Three good punches, and then you went to the turtle. And that, no, you can't have that. Luckily, Frazier, right at the end of the first period, dropped the gloves against Scroke, getting a five-minute major for fighting. And he dropped them. But Scroke was the winner of both fights. i got to give credit to for him. He stood in there and fought really well and you know, got the win in both fights. I think uh, Frazier did not get the better of it. So, into the second we went as Justin Albert getting his 23rd of the season from Gazolik and Hensick at the 4.03 mark of the period, tying the game in the second period. It was a great goal. I got to give credit to that. Great goal on that part. So, then we go into the third. It's tied at two, and I'm saying to myself, okay, how is this going to take place now now before we get to the end of the second let me get to the end of the second really quick okay so there was a play that took place 
end of the second period, near the end of the second period, Allen thought that the puck crossed the goal line, hit the top of the crossbar, ricocheted out and and over into the corner. Now they thought it went in into the net. And when the time the time expired, and they asked to have it reviewed. Well, they went into review. The officials were both looking at the play. So they called the the goalkeeper's box, where the goalkeeper box is at, and the goalkeeper box is gone. So they review they were reviewing it. They sent both teams into the locker room. They get the phone, they find the guy, they give the call, the guy goes over it, and the official then waves the goal off. The, however, the review took long, took almost 15 minutes for that review to take place. That's not going to, that's, that tells you something right there. It tells you something right there. But in the end, it was no goal. So then, in the third period, the fish were down on a penalty as Hawkins took a two-minute minor for hooking at the 6.57 mark of the period. Hawkins comes out of the box, gets the puck from Boeing, and tucks it in, pulling the Sega Genesis move on Monette at the 9.09 mark, and I was absolutely stunned at that goal. Hawkins is 25th of the season from Boeing and Meyer. It's 3-2 Fish. The Fish then capitalized into an empty net as Barry buries it past the empty net from Boeing. 1855 mark. And for the first time this year, and being the first, excuse me, the first team in the ECHL, the Walleye now can put an X next to their name as the Walleye are officially in the 2022 East. ECHL playoffs with their 4-2 win over the Allen Americans on Sunday. 7,110 were in attendance for the game. Albert, the number three star. Barry, the number two star. And Hawkins, the number one star. Monette gets the loss. He stopped 32 of 35. His save percentage of a point, 925. For Merlosic, stopping 23 of 25. His save percentage of a point, Nine five zero, so the fish a big win. They clinch a playoff spot, and it's good to see. They had a game that they had no games that took place tonight on the twenty eighth. Tomorrow night, two games. Maine is in lot in Travos to battle the Lions. Norfolk will host the Jacksonville Icemen. Wednesday slate: Cincinnati is in Indy. Iowa is in Kalamazoo. Adirondack is in in Quebec to battle the Lions. Greenville is at home to battle South Carolina. Idaho is in Florida to battle the Everblades. Wheeling is in Fort Wayne to battle the Comets. Jacksonville is in Norfolk. Kansas City is in Allen. And Rapid City is in Utah to battle the Grizzlies. So looking at standings going into tonight, into this week's play, it looks like this. We'll start with the Central Division. Toledo has now clinched a playoff spot with a record of 42-17, 1-2 points. Fort Wayne is in second spot at 35-26-1 with 77 points. Cincinnati is in third at 33-27-3-0 with 69 points. And Wheeling is in the fourth spot at 32-27-3-0 with 67 points. Outside sees the 
uh, Kalamazoo Wings at 32-29-1 and 0 with 65 points. Iowa 27-27-7-1 with 62 points. And Indy 27-32-3 with 59 points. The Mountain Division sees Utah in the top spot at 37-24-2-1 with 77 points. Rapid City 32-21-5-5 with 74 points. Idaho 34-27-2-1 with 71 points. And the Allen Americans at 28-25-7-1 with 64 points. Tulsa 31-28-3-2 with 67 points. Kansas City 29-30-4-1 with 63 points. Wichita 24-30-9-0 with 57 points. Eastern Conference, the North Division sees the Reading Royals in the top spot at 37-16-6-2 with 82 points. Newfoundland 36-19-3-0 with 75 points. Wooster 29-26-4-2 with 64 points. The main Mariners are 28-27-4-2 with 62 points. The Lions of Travolta are 26-26-4-1 with 57 points. And Adirondack is 25-33-3-0 with 53 points. South Division, Atlanta in the top spot at 40-23-1 with 84 points. Florida 35-18-6-4 with 80 points. Jacksonville 35-21-3-2 with 75 points. Orlando 31-27-4-1 with 67 points. Greenville 28-26-4-3 with 63 points. It was Norfolk at 22-34-2-3 with 49 points. And South Carolina at 22-36-6-0 with 50 points. And that is the updated standings. And that is the Walleye Roundup. The Walleye will have home games this upcoming weekend as they will head into divisional play. As they will take on divisional opponents this upcoming week. Starting on Friday night as they will take on the Fort Wayne Comets. 7-15 puck drop for that one. Saturday they will then host again the Indy Fuel 7-15 puck drop. Sunday the concluding game they will host the Kalamazoo Wings for a seven for a seven fifteen for a five fifteen puck drop at the Huntington Center. So get your tickets by calling 419-725-WALL or visit ToledoWalleye.com for ticket and playoff ticket information. As you're listening to All Indie for tonight right here on this, the 28th day of April, 28th day of March, excuse me, 2022 on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and however you're listening. Thank you for tuning in. And now let's hit the diamond. Let's talk a little spring training baseball. The boys of summer are back in Toledo as Toledo Mudhead opening day on April 5th begins the journey for the quest for the Governor's Cup. All Andy Elford has you covered for opening day coverage. Follow the show on Twitter. It is at AllAndyElford. It is at AllAndyElford. And tune in to a special post-game edition of Opening Day 2022 as your Toledo Mudheads take on the Rochester Red Wings. So, of course, you just heard the preview for Opening Day for the Mudheads. We will have our special post-game edition of AllAndyElford as we will recap from Opening Day as well as Looking forward to the season ahead for the Toledo Mudhens. That will be taking place on Tuesday, April 5th, as the Mudhens will take on the Rochester Red Wings. As the first pitch will be a 505. Uh, it's going to be a cold one. Well, it looks like they said 60 degrees, but I- I'll see it when I believe it. 
I'll see it when I believe it, but we'll have a special post-game edition of All Andy Offer. That will be on Facebook Live. It will also be taped here on the Anchor Network as well. So with that all in mind, let's take a look at some of the news and notes around Major League Baseball as spring training has taken place. Today, the Tigers took on the New York Yankees at at Publix Field at Joaquin Marsh uh, as they fell to the Yankees by a score of 11-7. to Chapman got the win. He's 1-0. Rodriguez lost. He's now 0-1 with a 3.75 in the game. But I, I think we got the what the lineup is going to be for the for the season today. Yeah, I think we got the opening day lineup right there. Uh, for me, it's going to be Badu, Grossman, Baez, Candelario, Cabrera, Scope, Riley Green, Spencer Torkelson, and Goudreau. Is I think the opening day lineup for the for the Tigers, and that's what started today. But of course, like I mentioned, in spring training, the Yankees had one in the first, three in the fifth, five in the sixth, one in the eighth, and one in the ninth for eleven runs on fourteen hits. The Tigers had one in the third, four in the eighth, two in the ninth, for seven runs on nine hits. As the Tigers fall to the Yankees today by a score of 11 to seven, the Tigers are four and five in spring training. The Yankees four and six in spring training games. Uh, notes on the Tigers: uh, Looks like it's going to be. I mean, we're seeing a lot of good, promising notes. Uh, the injury news and notes from. Camp, of course. Um, it looks like uh, Brian, Brian, uh, Brian Garcia and off and outfielder Daz Cameron will be in Toledo, and they have reassigned Miguel Diaz and Richard Pinto to the minor league camps. Uh, looks like Willie Peralta, Ramon Roscoe, and Jacob Barnes will be also in minor league camps as well. Uh, See here. Also, Miguel Del Pozo, as well as Cody Clements and Zach Short, will be in AAA Toledo to start the season. They've also reassigned Drew Carlton, as well as Josh Lester, and outfielder Jacob Robson to my early camps as well. Injury news, of course, in, uh, Isaiah Paredes has a bruised right hand. He is day to day. Kyle Funkhauser has a, a lat soreness. He is possible late April return. As well, so that's the news from out of Tiger Camp. Let's take a look at the Guardians Camp. Of course, uh, the Antonetti is excited for the season. The news looks like this for the roster moves that took place today. It looks like Gabriel Arias has been optioned to AAA Columbus, as well as outfielder Will Benson and Tanner Tully has been reassigned to minor league camps. Bo Naylor, as well as Kurt McCarthy. Shortstop Braylon Rascado, shortstop Jose Tienen, outfielder George Valera, and infield outfielder Richard Palancho's option to minor league camp today. Also, third baseman Noah Jones, Jacozzi Noel, and Tyler Freeman also been optioned to minor league camp. It looks like they have put Cody Morris on the 60-day DL. Um, 
the Brian Shaw was signed by the Guardians. The injury news is, of course, Josh Naylor has a right ankle injury. They do not have an expected turn on when he is going to be in camp. By the way, the Guardians today battled the Kansas City Royals, and the Royals had seven runs in the first, two runs in the in the in the second, six runs in the third, four runs in the fourth. They put 19 runs on 19 hits today. That's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. While while Cleveland put one run in the third, three runs in the fourth, one run in the fifth, two runs in the eighth, two runs in the ninth, as it was a 19 to nine win in favor of the Royals. Grinky was the starter. He went. He is one and zero with a 4.05 ERA. Scott one and one with a 12 ERA in the game. Cleveland is five and five in spring training games. Kansas City is six and three. So there is the news and notes from the Guardian camp. Let's take a look at the Cincinnati Reds camp right now. The Reds, as we're on the air, are battling the Chicago Cubs. Cubs and Reds tonight and Goodyear as we speak. Right now it's 3-2 in favor of the Cubs. Top of the eighth inning. Uh, let's see here. News and notes on the Reds right now. Some, of course, the big the big news is that uh, 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 Joey Votto is now on Instagram. So that's that's interesting. Uh, injury news and notes. Roster moves today. Of course, Tommy Tommy Fram has signed a one year contract with the Reds for one year, seven point five million dollars. It pays him six million this season with an option of a one point five buyout for the twenty twenty three season. Uh, but the injuries are bouncing for the Reds right now. Luis Castillo is out of a shortness in the right shoulder. Uh, but uh, Mike Miner is also out with shortness in the left shoulder. So that is that. As well as right-handed pitcher Justin Dunn is out with a shoulder problem as well. Shortstop Jose Burroughs, sore left wrist. He is day-to-day. Lucas Sims is out with back spasms. We'll open the season on the I in on the IL as well as TJ Antonov had Tommy John surgery. It looks like he will not be in season this year, unfortunately. So that's that's bad to see. But the Reds in action tonight. They are playing the Cubs as we speak. It's three two in favor of the of the Cubs in the bottom of the eighth inning. By the way, looking at the standings in Cactus League play. The Reds are. Let's see here. The Reds are. Here they are. They are five and three in Cactus League play. As as Kansas City and Texas are both six and three overall. So there's that for you guys. Uh, news and notes around Major League Baseball happening as we speak. Of course, uh, looks like Longoria. For the Giants will be without their starting third baseman, Evan Longoria, who had to go under surgery on Tuesday to repair a ligament in his right index finger. So he's out for a while. Um, you also have the Twins have signed Archer for the depth in rotation. That's going to be that's surprising right there. Uh, let's see here. Other news and notes. Also, the big news today is that uh, 
Albert Pujols has signed a one-year contract with the St. Louis Cardinals. This looks, and he announced today that this will be his last season in Major League Baseball. So that's something right there. The Padres have traded for versatile BD from the Dodgers. The trade today for the Padres has swung. Matt Beattie is to San Diego in exchange for minor league infielder slash pitcher River Ryan. So there is that trade for you today. Uh, Giants have tabbed Webb for the opening starter position for them. So that's going to be big for that. So um, the projected opening day lineups are out too. Like I mentioned before, you heard my prediction on the Tiger lineup. We heard that today. Um, so here is the lineup, I think, for me, for the, um, for the Guardians. I'll start with the Guardians first. I have Shaw, Rosario, Ramirez, Ramir Reyes, Josh Naylor, Bobby Bradley, Oscar Mercado, Hedges, and Jimenez is your nine. Your nine. And then your rotation is Bieber, Savelli, Plesak, Quintel, and McKenzie is the fifth-day starter. Your closer is Emmanuel Chase. For the Tigers, like I said, I have Badu, Grossman, Baez, and then Candelario, Cabrera, Scope, Torkelson, Barnhart at catching, and Riley Green in center, left in center field. The rotation is Rodriguez, Mai, Scoble, Manning, and Pineda. And then for the Red Legs, this season looks like this. India, Naquin, Stevenson, then Votto in the fourth spot, Colin Mauron, Nick Schwartzel, Moose, Farley, and Farmer. Castillo right now with the injury, I don't know how long. Malley. Minor, Minor got the injury right now. Uh, Vladimir Gutierrez and Nick Loglo, with the closer being Luis Sisa. So that would be interesting. The lineup is for me in flex, especially after the trade with with Winkler and Suarez. The Mariners' moves have not been ruled out, but the club is short on power hitters as of right now, in my opinion, too. So there is that. So like I mentioned before, we are taping the. Special roundtable discussion this upcoming week. You'll hear yours truly, Nick DeVera, as well as Logan Carr and Lucas Sigerson. All four of us are going to be sitting around roundtable discussion to talk about the 2022 MLB season. You'll hear our predictions, as well as who will lift the Commissioner's Trophy come this October. Also, we will have our over-unders and we'll dive in more into in-depth analysis of everything Major League Baseball, we are taping it this week. We'll have it posted next week, the first week of April, right here on the All Andy Elford Network, right here on Anchor. As you're listening to the show tonight, right here, either on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Bleaker, however you're listening, wherever and however you're listening. Thank you so much for tuning into the show tonight. And now, unfortunately, I have to talk about it. Let's talk a little National Football League. 
So we've had a lot of movement in the National Football League, and we're just going to group everything all together with all the other sports news. We're going to start off with the National Football League, and of course the big news, of course, is Deshaun Watson signing a huge deal with the Cleveland Browns, a almost $200 million deal for five years. I think this is a terrible decision by the Haslams as well as Barry in the GM realm. I think, you know, you basically have given up the cow for magic beans, and this is a terrible, an absolutely terrible move, in my opinion, by this organization. They have built this culture and have built this team. And, you know, and you built this team around not only... Not only Jarvis, not only Baker, but you've built this team out of grit. And to just absolutely dismantle it is just saying a lot. And I, I, I just, and it's just a slap in the face, in my opinion, to every female worker in the National Football League, every female worker that works for the Browns, to have 27, 22 to 27 women come out and say, that they are sexually assaulted by Deshaun Watson and his sexual behavior, and not and to give him this contract is an absolute joke. I absolutely hate this deal. Uh, I do like the offer on the first year, though. They're only giving him a million dollars because the league is going to probably suspend him for the full season, so he's not going to get paid. I w- I was hoping when I heard that trade happen, I was hoping that the NFL was going to cancel that trade. I like Baker Mayfield. He's probably one of he is a he is an above average quarterback. I really like his play. I really like what he has done for this organization. Him and Jarvis Landry as well as Nick Chubb have built this organization and has built this ground and basically just take him and spit on him and basically move on with with this quarterback is just an absolute ridiculous move. I absolutely hate it. I think this is this is like watching draft day all over again and they gave up all these first round picks. You have given up the future of this franchise and the future of this team for what? A guy who, you know, is 3 games above 500 overall. It's just an absolute damn joke. And that's typical as Browns fans. This is a joke. This is the typical Browns move. It really is. And that's and I'm just being totally honest with you. I absolutely hate this move. I think this is the worst move that the franchise has ever made. This is this is terrible. And it has set I think this has now set this organization back at least the full five years of this of his deal. Plain and simple. It's just terrible. It honestly is. It's just terrible. I don't like it. I hate it. Terrible. But there's some positives out of the NFL. Of course, the news today is that the Detroit Lions have been picked to do the next series of hard knocks. I like that. I think that's going to be interesting to see how Campbell and hopefully they don't screw up this draft this year. You know, they play it safe to get to help out the defensive side of the ball be great. And speaking of the draft, the NFL draft is coming to Detroit in 2024. 
So that's going to be great and beneficial for the city as well as for the state of Michigan. So I'm really excited for that. Uh, of course, other news notes, other sports around the world. We'll start first and foremost with the world of golf, of course, at the PGA Tour. As it was the match play that took place. As it was Jordan Spieth winning over Keegan Bradley in a match play. Um, Scott was the winner uh, over Justin Rose, two up. Uh, let's see here, but it was the the finale was Scheffler winning four four three over Kisler and Dustin and Connors being three one over Dustin Johnson to win the so Scheffler winning Connors the second place uh, Kaiser the second place and Connors in third place in the match play tournament. So the next event, of course, is going to be the is the Corrales Punta Carta Championship and then the Valero Texas Open. And then it's the tradition, unlike any other, folks, it is the Masters, which is April 7th through the 10th. So looking forward to that. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. But we also have our first major of the season coming up in, in golf, and that is in the women's side of things. As this past weekend, of course, the JTBC Classic presented by Barbasol took place in Carlsbad in California as Atina Tinkova getting a 16-under, winning in a playoff over Nada Korsmatis in a play uh, Medin at 16 under par, winning the playoff and winning the championship. Uh, looking at some other news notes, uh, Jung Young Ko, 14 under par, LeBlanc, 14 under par, Charlie Hall, 12 under par in seventh spot, uh, Tella Choi, 9 under par, Lydia Ko, 9 under par as well, Nasa Hadakora, 8 under par, Ryland Chajunga, 8 under par, Jackson, 8 under par. You also had Austin Ernst, 7 under par, tied for 23rd. Yeah, Cheyenne Knight, 7 under par, tied for 23rd as well. Brittany Ademeyer, 7 under par, tied for 23rd. Min Lee, 7 under par, tied for 23rd as well. Uh, Choi, 6 under par, tied for 32nd. Anna Norquist, tie, at 5 under par, tied for 38th. With Dryberg at 5 under par. Uh, Jin Lee, 5, 5 under par, tied for 38th. Alexi Thompson finishes 500 par, tied for 38th as well. Kelly Tan, 4 under par. Leanna McGuire, 4 under par, tied for 42nd. Emma Talley, 4 under par, tied for 42nd. Danielle King, tied for 42nd at 4 under par, as well as Lynn Kim, 4 under par as well. Uh, Christine Penderson, 3 under par, tied for 51st. Jasmine Suwanapur, tied for 51st at 3 under par. You also had Jessica Corda at 3 under par, tied for 51st as well. Uh, you had Jin Lee six two under par tied for 59th. Madeline Sangstrom four one under par. Uh, Stacy Lewis at 71st at two over par. Uh, players that missed the cut: Jennifer Cupcho, uh, Min Lee finishing, getting cut. You also had Megan Kang missing the cut. Paula Delacora, Coro, missing the cut. Carolyn Masson missing the cut. Let's see, Brittany, Brittany Lang missing the cut. 
And Mel Reed had to withdraw from the tournament. The next tournament for them is the first major, which is the Chevron Championship, which is in Rancho Mirage, California. The uh, Patty Telefakit is the defending champion. $5 million purse is that. And then after that, it will be the low championship. And then, then the JTBC LA Open. And then the June 5th, 2nd through the 5th, is the U.S. Women's Open. And then they make their move into the Great Lakes region with the Meyer Classic on June 16th through the 19th. And then the Dow Great Lakes Great Lakes Bay Invitational, which is June 13th through the 16th. Remember, the Dana Open is now September 1st through the 4th, and that will take place at Highland Meadows Golf Course. So we're looking forward to that. That's a good summer of golf coming as well. Uh, NASCAR, the new news to pass along to you guys as well. Oh, I wanted to make mention of this too. Uh, surprised to see that the Formula One is coming to Vegas. That'll be next year. Looking forward to seeing that. Uh, looking forward to seeing that. Uh, by the way, did NASCAR this past week. which was at the Circuit of America in Austin, Texas. It was Ross Chastain finishing first, Alex Bowman in second, Christopher Bell in third, Chase Elliott fourth, and Tyler Riddick in fifth. Uh, next week they are in Rich. This upcoming week they are in Richmond. And then they are in Martinsville. And then on Easter Sunday they are in Bristol. It is the night race, and it is the dirt race in Bristol. So looking forward to that. But, of course, like I mentioned before in the preview, of course, this is the big wrestling week. Of course, the big news, of course, is that Triple H has announced his retirement from WWE after 14, the 14-time world champion had to go underneath heart surgery to put a pacemaker in his heart. He is officially done with wrestling all over. Uh, the sad news, of course, is that Razor Ramon has passed away. Uh, our thoughts and prayers are with the Razor Ramon family. Um, yeah, it's it, it's kind of shocking in some aspects to see that. Um, it is. Uh, it, it, it is kind of shocking to see that, and. Um, We'll see how it all it all shakes out. It will all shake out. So the the card is announced that this week is WrestleMania week. Of course, tonight they had their final Raw before WrestleMania that took place in the beautiful city of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, which is surprising. Which is pretty 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 amazing and it will take place in Jerry World at AT&T Stadium for two nights Saturday and Sunday uh, Jesse James Decker has been announced to perform the Amer America the Beautiful uh, Brantley Gilbert will announce sing it on Sunday Saturday so the 
the card has been announced for WrestleMania. And of course, we're going to go through the card really quickly as it is a two-night card to go over everything. As I am pulling it up as we speak here. So I do apologize. I was not fully 100% prepared. Let's see here. Pull it up here. The WrestleMania card for 2022. So we'll... Well, here here's the card, and I will give you my prediction on the card for twenty, for WrestleMania twenty twenty two. As its final, so this is day one, which will be Saturday, as the Raw Women's Champion Becky Lynch will take on Bianca Belair. I think Belair gets the belt back. I think that's going to be interesting. Uh, the Miz will face and Logan Paul Miz the Miz versus and Logan Paul versus the Ray Mysterio the Mysterio family Dominic and Ray Mysterio I'm gonna take the Mysterios unfortunately with that one Happy Corbin will battle Drew McIntyre I think uh, Drew McIntyre gets the win and ends the feud between him and Happy Corbin You have the SmackDown Tag Team Championship match as the Usos Jimmy and Jay Uso will battle. Rick Booz and Shinsuke Nakamura at at um, Jerry World. I think Nakamura and Boogs get the championship and earn and get the win and end a little bit of the bloodline a little bit. Uh, Edge and AJ Styles. This is a really good match. Two good superior wrestlers battling back and forth. I'm going to take AJ Styles in the match over Edge. And then the nightcap is going to be Ronda Rousey who is the 2022 Royal Rumble winner in the women's side of things, will face the SmackDown Women's Champion in Charlotte Flair. I have a feeling that Rousey's going to have a uh, an interesting fight. I think this is going to be a quick match. I think it's going to be a, a probably one of the longer matches of the night. I think, uh, I think Flair keeps it close, but I think Ronda Rousey gets the win. I think we see a changing of the belt. I think Flair loses the belt to Rousey. And then, of course, the nightcap is that Stone Cold Steve Austin will appear in the Kevin Owens show. I think KO is going to get stunned, and it'll be just a surprise on that part. Um, the Sunday slate looks like this. We'll save the big match for last. Of course, you have... The Raw Tag Team Match, which is RK-Bro versus the Street Profits versus the Alpha Academy. I think you see the Street Profits win the belt. I think this is when Randy Orton will turn on Riddle, or Riddle will turn on Randy. I think this is when it's going to happen. I think that's the case. Sami Zayn will face Johnny Knoxville in an Anything Goes match. I think I think Knoxville wins that match pretty easily. I hope Pat McAfee does a really good job with his match. He has a match against Austin Theory. I think that's going to be a win for him. Uh, the women's tag team match, I think Queen, it's Queen Zelina and Carmella versus Naomi and Sasha Banks versus Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan 
versus Natalia and Shayna Baszler. Holy shit, that's a lot of that's a that's a eight woman match, four corner tag team match. If anything, I think you give it. I I like how I like the Ripley working match. I like the I like the their the chemistry's there. I also got to give a little bit to Sasha and and to Naomi. I think that's they they could win it. But in reality, I think I, I think Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan will win that belt pretty easily. I think they will. I think so. I think they're going to win it. Uh, the United States Championship match, Finn Balor versus Damian Priest. I think Priest regains his belt back. I think Balor loses it right there. Uh, the big news tonight is that uh, on, on Raw is that uh, Seth Rollins is going to get a match with an opponent that has not been named the rumor is it's going to be Cody Rhodes. I think that's what's going to be. I think Cody gets comes to WrestleMania. There's twofold. I think it's two people. I think it's either Cody Rhodes or nobody's really talking about this all that much. What about John Cena? Cena isn't doing anything right now besides that uh, HBO HBO crap show that he's got. And it's not WrestleMania without John Cena. Cena could be the opportunity there. So it could be that. But it's more lining up that it could be Cody Rhodes coming in and being the match versus Seth Rollins. And if it's Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins, I got to give the edge to Cody. Definitely got to give edge to Cody on that. Definitely edge to Cody on that. If it's Cena versus Rollins, I got to give the edge to Cena as well. So because I think both uh, both guys are going to be faces. They really do it. Rollins is a baby face, can be a heel sometimes. I think it's a possibility. But you're asked, everybody's asking me, who do you have in the big match? Which is, which is the unification belt. As it will be the WWE champion, Brock Lesnar, taking on the universal champion, the, 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 the tribal chief himself, Roman Reigns. I gotta give it to the beast. I think after all this, all this head game and everything like that, I think Roman loses the belt. We see the end of the bloodline, and how much they've been talking lately about how, how many days he's been champion. I just think that just sets it up. It just sets up for him to lose the belt. And I think Lesnar gets the unification belt. We see the we see a new belt be made, which is half blue, half black, and I think that's what it is. I really do. So we'll see, we'll see as that will take place. It's on the Peacock Network. You can also watch it on on Phantom Events. You can go to any of the movie theaters that host Phantom Events. They'll have it for a two night ticket. You can get the two night ticket, or you can just buy each individual night. the The pick night for me will be will be Sunday. A lot of good matches Sunday, more than Saturday. A lot, of, probably a lot of more talking on Saturday. Uh, the Hall of Fame is really interesting this year, of course, with the Undertaker going in, with Vader going in, uh, the Bushwhacker Boys are going in too this year. Um, yeah, I, I, I just, I, I think that's, I, I think that's what's going to be. Uh, I, I really like the Hall of Fame class this year. So we'll see, we'll see how it all 
shakes out as you're listening to all NBL for tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and however you're listening. Thank you for tuning in. And now we come to the end of our show tonight, and it's time now for Andy Rants. So it's now time for Andy Rants tonight. I want to thank you again for tuning into the show tonight. And if you haven't hit the subscribe button yet, then what are you doing? Hit the subscribe button. We do shows each week right here on All Andy Alford. Of course, getting ready for the big MLB roundtable discussion show that will take place next, that we'll have on air for you next week, as well as opening day coverage of the Toledo Mudheads opening day game as they will lift the banner for the IL West championship belt, uh, championship banner, which will be raised this year at Fifth of their field. Going forward, looking forward to that. Uh, looking forward to opening day, which will be one week from today, as this is a big party in downtown Toledo. Looking forward to it. Uh, it's time for Andy Rants tonight, and I want to make mention of a couple things. I want to thank you guys again for everything, uh, all your positives towards towards yours truly for for the um, from the surgery as well as from from everything so far uh, the amount of listenership the amount of people that have reached out to us you know and, and we are working on trying to get merchandise for the show and uh it's going to be a busy summer for us with baseball uh with the end of the hockey season here and now in april um uh, with the walleye hopefully making a deep playoff run we're looking forward to covering that this year as well as the dana open as well as other events you know it's it's going to be a fun summer here for the show. We're going to give you shows once the once the baseball season gets full into swing. We're going to give, do shows two two shows a week. Um, yeah, and it, it, it's going to be a fun time. And uh, I I hope you've been enjoying the NCAA March Madness tournament because I think the rant for me tonight is not much of a rant, but it's a is is a congratulations towards this tournament because. To be honest with you, having these games be so close and you know not being totally a blowout has been fantastic to see. Absolutely fantastic to see. We've seen upsets here and there. We've seen higher seeds moving on. We've seen the the Cinderella that was St. Peter's this year. And I think we got the big blue bloods of, of college basketball for the Final Four about right with Kansas and Villanova and Duke and North Carolina in there. Uh, I hope Kansas, you know, well, Kansas will probably beat Villanova, but I'm just hoping that Coach K gets into the, gets into the national championship, and it's just a roll of the dice for him. I really, I really do, and I hope that he does, end his, end his career on the right note, which is, winning the national championship, and that would be just fantastic, absolutely fantastic to see. Um, yeah, and uh, with regarding of you know everything else in my life. Everything else is going great. The wife's doing fantastic. Um, parents are doing great. My sister's doing fantastic. My sister took her dog to the Pucks and Paws last night. Had a Snacks had a fantastic time. He got on the Simba cam. He was laughing. He had himself some some tenders and some hot dog and some drinks. And he, he had a good time, you know. And uh, I do like that they incorporate some dogs, but you know, for me, hockey and dogs don't really match up really well. Um, baseball on them is perfect because it's outdoors; they can get fresh air. Whereas in an arena, 
you know, and you can't blow the goal horn. You can't. You, you, there's more. There was more open seats, and it made, it made it look like it was an empty arena on the back end of the stadium because there's all these dogs sitting or standing in the seats. So, you know, it was it was interesting. Very, very interesting to watch that all take place on the program. I uh, want to make mention of one thing. I was watching last Thursday uh, the NCAA men's ice hockey tournament that took place on Thursday. It was the North Dakota versus Notre Dame. And I was watching the game. Notre Dame scores a goal in the, with no time left in the third period. They go to review, and the review takes almost 15 minutes to decide how the clock is shaped up. Now, the clock in the score on the scoreboard um, on the video read it at zero when the before the puck crossed the net. Apologize. There. It crossed it was and I, I, I looked at it and like but the but the clock that ESPN was showing was synced to the light that that went in. And you know, older buildings need to get on the right page when it comes to things. And it 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 it, it, it just shows you that, you know, one network and the clock on the network was absolutely right than the clock in house. So yeah. Just gonna leave it at that. Just gonna leave it at that. Just gonna leave it at that. So that's going to wrap it up for all Andy Alford tonight. We'll be back later this week uh, for our MLB roundtable discussion. Of course, yours truly, Nick the Money Man Devera, as well as uh, Logan Carr and Lucas Sigerson. All four of us will be sitting around discussing the 2022 baseball season. Who is the contender? Who's a pretender? And who is going to be lifting the Commissioner's Trophy going forward? So, Looking forward to that. Looking forward to being with you guys next week as we will be out post-game edition of All Andy Alfred from 5th 3rd Field for the opening day for the Toledo Mudhens as well as being in Columbus on the 7th for the Jackets-Flyers game. Looking forward to that as well. So until I talk to you guys next week, this is Andy Alfred saying I'm pulling for you. We are all in this together. The game of life. Keep your stick on the ice and make sure you wear a mask when you're out in general public. And to the teams you root for at home and in my teams, go Jackets! Get the job done tomorrow night against the Islanders. Go Walleye! Congratulations! Clinching the playoff spot. Go Duke! And go Kansas! Congratulations, Amanda. I love you, baby. And go Falcons! And hit them straight. Because victory is sweetest. When you have tasted defeat, have a great week, everybody. I'll talk to you guys later on for another edition of All Andy Alfred. I love you guys. Talk to you then. This has been a presentation of the All Andy Alfred Network, powered by Anchor. You've been listening to Andy tonight on the plethora of platforms with the Anchor Network. Whether it be on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Bleaker. However you listen, wherever and whenever you're listening, 
Thank you again for tuning into the show tonight. You can be a part of our show by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyElford, as well as Facebook.com slash AllAndyElford. The podcast is performed each week right here on the Anchor Network.